Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, so let's turn. Let's jump in this word. Let's turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Now we'll read the first six verses and we'll walk through this. We may jump around a little bit, but <clears throat> we'll see as the Lord leads. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We'll read verses 1 through 6. Amen. We all there? Alright. Verse 1. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Also believe in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That when I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we're going to continue along the uh, lines of the I am. And this one, obviously, verse 6 says it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, you know, that verse right there, John 14, 6, can be summed up in these two verses. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6 says this. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So that word mediator right there in uh, Timothy says it means this one who intervenes between two in order to make or restore peace and friendship. Uh, you know, we remember Jesus called the disciples friends. Right. He said you are no longer servants, but you are friends. Right. It also means, media also means to form a compact or for making official a covenant, an agreement, right? So we were once separated from God the Father. But because of what Jesus came to do, we are no longer separated from God the Father. So now when we die, we wake up in his presence, right? So just like we talked about last week, right, with the resurrection, that we sleep as believers and we wake up in God's presence. Amen. Amen. So let's look at uh, verse one of John chapter 14. <clears throat> verse one says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. So we're going to walk through these verses here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. So immediately, what are they troubled about? In order to figure out what they're troubled about, we have to go to chapter 13. We're not going to read it. You can read it on your own. I'll just summarize it right, for the sake of time. All right. But in chapter 13, Jesus is letting them know that he's going to die. And one of them is going to betray him. So they're troubled because he's telling them that he's going somewhere. Right. They don't quite understand yet that he's going somewhere and they can't go with him. And the fact that one of them is going to betray him. Also, he says at the end of chapter 13 that Peter's going to deny him three times. 
And see, they're discussing among themselves who, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew tells us, they don't know who it is that's going to betray him. But Jesus knows. Because at that time, it had already been set in motion for Judas to do what he was going to do. Right? So here, he says, let not your heart be troubled. They're troubled because they're worried. They're worried. Right? They, they have fear. They have anxiety. Because now they're about to go. Jesus is saying, I'm going somewhere. You can't come. They don't understand that. Because they're thinking, Jesus is just going to another city. Right? And he, he, he well, we'll get to it where he says he's going to return from. But here he is knowing who's going to betray him, but they don't know. That's why in Matthew, uh, I think it's 26, says, they, the disciples says, Lord, is it I? Is it I? And even Judas says, is it I? And Judas knows at that point that he's already set in motion to betray Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus does not let that stop him. Because what does he do in the beginning of chapter 13? He washes the disciples' feet. And that includes Judas. He washes Judas' feet knowing that Judas is about to betray him. Right? And what else does uh, 13 uh, tells us? Chapter 13 tells us, well, no, yeah, 13 tells us that um, Peter motions to John to figure out who's going to betray him. Right? So John asks him, and Jesus says, it's the one who I give this morsel to, this bread to. Right? And guess what? He gives the bread to Judas. But here's the thing. In that time, that was a thing of honor. Right? Because when you are a host of a feast and you gave a piece of food or a bread to someone, you're esteeming them. This is somebody who's betraying them. And Jesus is like, look, I'm still esteeming you. Why? Because he didn't want Judas to do what he was going to do. And see, what we don't realize, keep your finger there, go to Psalms chapter 41. Because believe it or not, Judas, Jesus trusted Judas. Jesus considered Judas, he considered all the disciples close friends. Especially Judas. We have Psalms 41. We there? Alright, verse 9 says this. I'm going to read it from New King James and I'm going to read it from the um, New Living Translation. Verse 9 says this, Psalms chapter 41. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. All right, this is the New Living Translation. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. Jesus considered Judas a close friend. Now, let's go to uh, John chapter 13 and 31. Keep your finger on 14. Well, it's only one chapter over. We there? Alright. We'll start at 18. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you, before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. That he, you may believe that I am He, in reference to the Psalms and in uh, all the scriptures in the Old Testament that was testifying of the coming Messiah. All right, verse twenty. Most assuredly, I say to you, 
He who receives, whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. That was a tongue, tongue twister. <laughs> Alright, verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Why was he troubled in spirit? Because he considered Judas a trusted friend. And see, he knew because Jesus quotes later on. He, he quotes. He says, it would have been better for that person not to be born. He washed Judas's feet with the rest of the disciples. He gave Judas a piece of bread, honor him, and steam, hoping he will repent. But he didn't. Now, how many of us, if we know somebody's about to set us up, what will we do? We won't even hang around there. No. See, Jesus knew the whole time. But the other disciples didn't know. But Jesus knew. But Jesus still honored and served the person that was going to be used by Satan. But see, because God had a bigger plan. And see, the fact that we know we later find out that Judas hung himself. But if Judas had to come across Jesus after he did what he did, Jesus would have forgave him. Because that's love. That's love. Right? But the minute somebody does something wrong to us, we stay troubled in spirit. Right? No. See, the part, let's go back to chapter 14. And I'll read verse 1 again. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So this is why the disciples were troubled because they, they heard Jesus say, one of them are going to betray them. And that Jesus was going somewhere that they cannot go. Right? The issue is this. And uh, let's go to John 16. Sorry. Two chapters over. John 16, verse 33. We'll see. We'll get through all this. If not, no worries. All right. John chapter 16. Beginning at verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. You may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So, we see the letters in red. So this is Jesus talking, right? He says, you may have peace. Meaning, it's not definitive that you will have peace. But, he says, in this world, we will have tribulation. That is definite. We will face things that's going to cause us to worry. Things that's going to cause us to have anxiety. But the, the situation is this. We can still have peace in the midst of those situations if we turn to Jesus. But what happens is we don't turn to Jesus. We stay focused on that trial, that tribulation. And Jesus is saying, look, we are going to have tribulation. Right? So when we see some Christians say, oh, I'm not concerned about this. I don't care about this or whatever. My life is good. That's a lie. That goes against Scripture. He says we will have tribulation. Not that you might have tribulation if you continue to walk. No, we will have tribulation. So it is unscriptural for any born-again believer to say, nothing bad happens to me. <laughs> and we laugh, but you know what? These Holy Spirit people feel that, not Holy Spirit feel, because we're all Holy Spirit feel. These are, uh, what are, what's the word? That Hyper, thank you. Hyper-spiritual people. That's how they act. And those are the main ones who are tormented on the inside, who hide behind their hurts. Not realizing that we are going to have tribulation. Amen. And it's okay. This is why he says what? In 1 Peter 5, cast your cares. That means what? We got to cast our cares. 
Right? So that means we will face tribulations. We're going to have cares. We're going to have anxieties. We're going to worry. Alright? That's not the unscriptural thing because as long as we're in this world, we're going to have those things. Now, once we're in heaven, guess what? We don't have to worry about those things. Right? There'll be no more aches, no more pains. Hallelujah. That'll be the good thing, right? But as long as we're in this world, we're going to have tribulation. We see it with the life of the Apostle Paul. Right? But that's okay. Because Jesus says, again, in the beginning of verse 33, you may have peace. We may have peace. But what are we going to do? Are we going to hold on to that anxiety and worry consistently? Or are we going to look to Christ Jesus for that peace? See, because we, uh, we, we're all guilty of it, right? We want a way of escape and so that we don't have no problems, right? We don't want no problems, no worries, no nothing. That's not scriptural. See, because if we didn't have those things, would we even turn to Jesus? That's right. Right? Because guess what? A lot of people, a lot of Christians face those tribulations and they stop walking with him. Amen. So let's go back to 14. So, we see here, the disciples, they had a reason for their hearts to be troubled. It, it, it was okay. Because they're facing something, they're hearing some things that they don't quite still don't understand, even though they walk with them. It's easier for us to understand because we are on this side of the cross. They were still on the other side of the cross. They walked with Jesus for three and a half years, to include Judas. Right? So, they have something no other Christians will ever experience. They were with Jesus all the time. Even when Jesus went to go off and pray, they knew where Jesus was. But now he's telling them, you can't come. You can't come. So Jesus never wanted us to have a life without trouble. But he promised that we could have an untroubled heart, even in a troubled life. Right? So in the midst of the worry and anxiety, we're still to trust in Jesus. Still walk with him. Why? Because just like we learned that he is the I am. Right? We don't live necessarily for the here and now, but because he is the I am, he is in us and with us in the here and now. Alright, let's go to uh, verse 2. Very familiar verse. Uh, 2 and 3. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would miss last week. This is Honest Thomas right here. And he's not the only one because uh, Philip's asked him a question. Peter asked him. They don't know, so they're asking. And it's okay, right? Because they're being honest with that. This is We can learn something from that in today's Christians, right? Because a lot of times we're in need of things, we're in need of prayer, but we don't ask because we're not honest and we want to hide behind the mask. <coughs> oh, I'm good. No, you're not because you're facing tribulation. No, I'm good. And then we scream hallelujah, praise the Lord. We put on the front in front of everybody. As soon as we get in the car, oh Lord. Or as soon as we get home, no, we got to ask for prayer. And that's why it goes back to even the tribulation. Some of us are facing worry and tribulation, but we don't ask for prayer. Right? And, never mind, I'm not going there. <laughs> All right, verse six. All right, so verse four, real quick. He says, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. But see, they still not getting it yet. Right? So Thomas says again in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? 
They've been walking with the way this whole time. Right? Because they don't quite see it yet. Alright, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? He's saying, I am the way. And we already established what I am was that, you know, who Jesus is. He's establishing his divinity. All we're going back to Exodus chapter 3. Right? So we don't need to we don't, we don't need to go over that. But he says, I am the way. Jesus isn't claiming to be a way. He's claiming to be the way. Amen. The only way. So the disciples in this moment are confused about where he's going and Jesus is reiterating his original command to follow me. Amen. Jesus is saying that the only path to life to salvation is through him. All the paths will not lead to the abundant life that we are searching for. So he's saying, I am the way. What is he the way? He is the way to salvation. Right? He is the way to heaven. He is the way. He is the way to spiritual freedom. He is the way to peace. So, in the midst of having tribulation, Jesus is the way to peace. How do we get to peace? By getting in his word. Because this is Jesus. But we don't see that. Because what? Which is, oh, it's just words on the page. Even our bodies, our flesh, will start to get tired and fall asleep when we read it. So we should know that there's something real and legitimate to this word. Why? Because it says in Hebrews, what? The word is quick and powerful. Right. Sharper than any two-edged sword. So that's Jesus. He is the way. Right? And then he says what? The truth. Not, I am a truth, but he is the truth. So there are lots of other people and religions claiming to have the truth. Right? They're claiming to have the truth. Jesus is making another exclusive claim here. He embodies all things that are true. So truth of the word, so we don't stay in worry. So he is the truth that, wait, when we face anxiety, when we face worry, when we face tribulation, he is the truth. He is the way out of that situation. And what is the truth? The word of God. It's not our opinions. Right? This is why it's dangerous when you have preachers giving their opinions. And I had this revelation. And, we, and they do it more than what they give the word of God. But he's saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth. So, if we're giving our opinion, no matter how good it sounds, it's not the truth. There's only one truth, and that's Jesus Christ. That's right. We can't give anything else besides Jesus Christ, which is the word. That is the truth. That is the way right there. And he says what? He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Jesus gives us a way to find life that is diametrically opposed to what the t world tells us. The world tells us, hey, we can have life by just living in the here and now, getting what we want, and that's crept into the churches. No, no, no. There isn't but one way, one truth. In one life that is in Jesus Christ. Right? This is even why we see so many people that are not born again, they're dead on the inside. Even though their heart is beating, but there's darkness there. They're moping. They're down. They're depressed. They're bound. There's no life there.
And in contrast to the world, Jesus says the good life is found when we lay down our life. Right? Where it's not about what we want, but we lay down our life. He said, he's about to set the ultimate example where he's laying down his life. Right? So now we're, most of all of us will probably be like, I'm going to get Judas. No, he's still laying down his life. He's still the humble, loving servant, the Christ. And you think about it, going back even to the Old Testament, the Bible says Moses was the most humble person on earth at the time. Those that stood up to Moses did Moses wrong. Moses still interceded for them. God was ready to strike Israel down and start all over. Moses interceded for them. Somebody do us wrong. I'm cutting them off. That's not what Jesus did. He was, like I said, he was hoping. He was not hoping because he knew what was going to take place, but he wanted Judas to repent. He wanted Judas to repent. He didn't treat Judas no different than he did the other disciples. Right? So we have to operate in that love, that humility, because that's the only way it's going to happen in humility, because we have to swallow our own pride. Right? Yeah, people are going to hurt us. Right? But it's not for us to seek retribution, even though I want to. I'm talking about me. Right? I'm speaking to me. I want to. Right? But that's not Christ's way. And see, this is why the Pharisees, the Jews, they couldn't see it. Because they wanted Jesus to rise up right then and there. And once he wasn't coming in the image that they thought, mm, all right, let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of him. He's no good to us. So Jesus is both life and the source of life. That it is through him and him alone that the good life is found. So what did Jesus mean by what he said as recorded in John 14, 6? To get to God the Father in heaven, a person must believe in him, must trust in him. He was telling his disciples they had to trust in him. Even though uh, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. He's saying, I am the way. I am the way. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm coming back for you. Yes, you might be lonely right now. And see, this is why he also told them what? But... I'm going to pray to the Father to give you a comforter. Right? So, watch this. We're even better right now than what the disciples were at this point. Because they didn't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit then right then. Even though they weren't with Christ. We do. But yet, we still get bogged down with life circumstances and things like that. But yet, we have the Holy Spirit. Which is God inside of us. Right? So now we have to turn to the Word. See, the devil blinds people in this world. Why? Because he's the ruler of this world. Right? So he puts a veil of darkness. And, and, and we, we, we have to be careful of even the things that we desire. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right? So, so there is no other way besides Jesus. Right? So it doesn't matter what other religions that are out there. They can't get them to God the Father. That's right. Only Jesus can. Amen. Right? That's right. It's not, oh, well, you know, God won't punish you because he loves you. Yeah, he loves everybody. He does. <laughs> but there's a penalty for sin if you don't accept Jesus Christ. Or if you're a practicing sinner, there's a penalty for that. 
Paul tells us that in Corinthians. Right? You can't continue to do these things and expect to inherit the kingdom of God. They don't work like that. But yet, we got Christians telling people that. All right, what else? What else people say? See, there's no other way. Well, well Jesus accepts you just as you are, even shortcomings, your faults. Doesn't matter if you do this, doesn't matter if you do that. He just loves you so much. <laughs> just repeat after me. <laughs> God, thank you. I know you sent your son for me. And there's no belief in their heart. And then we tell people, I've literally been in church to tell people, you're saved now. I, I cringe every time I ride down. And we see these signs out here. And I, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm not going to. When I see this vacation Bible school, I think I talked about it one time before. We're going to be at the end of vacation Bible school. How many of y'all want to accept Jesus? Me. And they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. And then they get up and testify before the church. Hey, we had 30-something kids. 20-something of them gave their life to the Lord. Did they really? Did they really? Or, here's another thing we do. We think works are going to get us into heaven. If I give this amount, God's going to love me. God's going to bless me. And we teach that in church, right? Prosperity message. Do all this, God's going to bless you. Right? That will make, make him a respecter of persons. Right? Because guess what? Everybody is not going to have it like that to give. Right? Or, you know, I do this many outreaches. So I'm good. God sees you being faithful. But yet, their heart's not right. Heart's not right. They don't give God the time of day. Jesus don't come out their mouth at all. Except for when they go out to do outreach. That's not the way. That's not the truth. And that's not the life. Alright. So how to apply John 14, 6 to your life. I'll give you three things and we'll close with this. Alright. Number one is this. What direction is my life heading? These are questions you ask yourself. What direction is my life heading? You will not end up where you want to go if you don't intentionally set the course for your life. Each of us need to occasionally pause and look at where, we go, where we are going. When we head in the wrong direction, we shouldn't be surprised when we end up at the wrong destination. There is but one way, one truth, one life. If you want a life full of love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, and so on, then you need to set your direction toward Jesus. Not our jobs, but Jesus. Not our houses, but Jesus. Right? Not our families, but Jesus. Not our cars, but Jesus. That's number one. Number one was, what direction is my life heading? Number two, where do I get my truth from? We got all sorts of people and things out there claiming to have the truth and speaking things. But like I mentioned earlier, there isn't but one truth. That's Jesus. That's the word of God. Right? Doesn't need to be mixed with, with our opinions. And things. Now, we can expound on scriptures, but it's, the truth is the word of God, the Bible. And if we listen to too many voices, then they start to become our truth. Amen. Oh, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing that. Oh, well, 
They're a Democrat. They're a Republican. No, we're supposed to pray for our leaders. That's the truth. That's the truth, right? But I'm not praying for that Democrat. I'm not praying for that Republican. But the truth says we're supposed to pray for our leaders. That's right. Oh, these people can't come in this country. Oh, it's all through the Old Testament. That they were. And God even said this. Don't reject the strangers to Israel. Because they were strangers. They were illegal aliens. Oh, well, look, stop because they're going to take our money, take our funding when they come into this. <clears throat> We're sending millions and billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight their war. <laughs> what money are they taking? And most of them come over here to work. Yeah. They work harder than Americans. I mean, you're going to go down that line. All right. <laughs> Number one, what direction is my life heading? Number two, where do I get my truth from? And number three, what do I think I need to have a good life? And see, we sometimes think, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly say, oh, Jesus, but we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe that in our heart? Because unfortunately, there are Christians who believe, well, I need this, I need that. If I had this, if I had a spouse, or if I didn't have my spouse, I'll be good. <laughs> I'll give it both sides. I, if I didn't have my spouse, I'll have a good life. <laughs> right? Or if I just had money, my life will be so different. I'll be happy. My wife will be happy. My kids will be happy. No, they wouldn't. Because if you're miserable without money, you're going to be miserable with money. Right? Because what we need is Jesus. Amen. We need Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That's right. Right? So we don't need nothing else. That truth there, it, you know, when we hear all these I am's that I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gatekeeper. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. These are all things Jesus is. That's right. That means he's all-inclusive. Like I mentioned before, everything we need is found in Jesus. And the thing is this, even if we believe in him for healing and we don't get it, he's still Lord. That's right. Even when we have a bill due, and if it's not met, he's still Lord. Right. But see, we put particulars on us, and I was listening to somebody, it was a good church, um, but it was, a, it was a guest, it was one of the elders there that was ministering, and he was talking about, you know, God is good. I just heard testimony, but every testimony that he, he reiterated was all materialistic things. So, what happens when we don't get those materialistic things? We're going to be like the Jews. When Jesus walked, they're going to walk away. Why? Because you're not giving me the bread. When he actually given us the bread, which is the word. Man should not live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds, right? which is the Bible. Right? But we take it for granted. So doesn't mean we ignore the natural bread because we still got to have food to eat. But we need this just much more. <laughs> right? We need the word. That's the way. That's the truth. And that's the life. Right? We got to stop trying to Use things and see what we do is we start to seek after things and then not realizing once we get those things, then we want to bring Jesus and say, Oh, God did this. 
you know, and you think about it, even when you, anybody that's been in school, um, you know, you're studying, you work, that sometimes takes us away from our Bible reading time, right? But you know, what I had to learn, and I learned this even when I was in polygraph school, the more time I spent in his word and worshiping him, the more time he gave me to study. Amen. But our flesh and our mind tends to do the opposite. Yeah. I got to study. I got to get this test done. I got I got He's saying, no, I am the way. I am the way to your degree. (laughs) (laughs) I am the truth to your degree. I am the life to your degree. Right? And see, if we do those things and we put Christ first, guess what? We're not panicking. We're not worrying because even if we don't, he's still God. Even if he didn't heal me, he's still God. He's still Jesus. He still reigns on the throne. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding for each and every one of us. Right? So we got to get out of the materialistic things. Right? Yes, we can be blessed and things like that, but that's not why we do what we do. And here's the thing. Right? We don't look to get to heaven just to see streets of gold. To meet Paul. No, we get to heaven to be with Jesus. That's right. <laughs> All the time. And I was about to say 24-7, but we're not going to be bound by time. That's why we get to heaven. To be with Jesus all the time. Right? It's not, we don't, yeah, we'll see streets of gold, but that's not going to be important. That's right. Yes, we're going to have the many dwelling places, large dwelling places. That's not going to be important. What's going to be important is we get to be with Jesus. Right? We, we, we sit there and worship while he's on the throne. And that's the good life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stop right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.